Welcome to The Trainer's Tribe, a podcast for group fitness business owners who want a reliable business that gives them the freedom and impact they desire. My name is Kyle Wood, and I'm joined by Dale Sidebottom. We're the first people to tell you that working harder or working longer is not necessary. We've both built successful boot camps and created profitable online businesses, which has given us the lifestyles that we love. How do you build a fitness business that's both profitable and that you love working on? That's why we created this podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, guys, to another episode. It's Kyle here. Dale here. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the topic of knowing yourself. The reason I was pushing for this topic, and I think you're similar to me, Dale, is because when we're running a fitness business, often it is a small enterprise. I mean, even if we're a big fitness business, like a big gym or a big studio, we probably still have like max, what, like 10 employees maybe working for us. So, we're still a key element of the business. So, by knowing ourselves and knowing like what we stand for, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, we can then position ourselves in our own business so that it lines up best with our talents. Correct. Whereas, yeah, we don't do that. We can be struggling for a long time and maybe not quite work out what's going on. Why? I feel like I'm doing everything right, but it's not going right. And often that means something's out of alignment with our strengths or maybe like running your business just feels really hard. It always feels like such a struggle. Yeah. That's often a sign as well that things are out of alignment. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about today's episode. I'm going to be uh, doing a test live, but yeah. uh, also a little bit excited to see, yeah, find out a few of, uh, some of my strengths, weaknesses, and how uh-huh. I can use them to build my business a little bit better. So, Kyle's going to mainly lead today, and I'll be the sort of the guinea pig that's going to be put through this, and hopefully after it, you'll be able to do the same yourselves at home. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's a lot of different tests you can do out there to find your strength done a bunch of them and the one thing to think of with these tests is that they're all data so like you'll get something back about maybe describing your personality or something like that this it's still like up to you to choose how you use that it doesn't mean you need to like drastically change your life or anything like that it can just help like maybe point us in the right direction and so i've chosen three tests just because i feel like they're really applicable to us as trainers okay um but by all means and i'll include in the show notes some links to some other tests if you want to just go crazy on these yeah uh, but uh that are good so for just to cut you off there these three you think are probably from the tests that you've done these are probably the most worthwhile doing yeah these are ones that i had like big aha moments okay. around so the first one we're going to look at is strengths finder which is by gallup and this thing's been running for like 30 years and so, they've got a huge amount of data and basically what they work out is what are your five like key strengths okay. so that you can focus on those and also look at how to balance them. Like sometimes, you know, uh, having a strength, we can lean a bit hard into that thing to the point where we burn ourselves out or we, yeah. we hit trouble. So, it talks about like what the other side to that is. Now, the second one we're going to look at is by Gretchen Rubin and that's uh, habit tendencies so, there's, she's identified four different ways we make habits. I thought that one would be really useful because we're in the business of helping people develop habits. Yep. So, it's useful to understand our own and then maybe <laughs> be able to 
pick out other people's habits. Yep, definitely. And the last one is my latest favorite. And that's yeah. the one I'm nervous about. And that's the uh, Myers-Briggs. <laughs> yep. And most people may have done these before at some point in their life. A lot of the time you, you take a test online, but what we're actually going to do today, and I invite people to follow along with you, Dale, as, yes. like, as we go through yours, is we're going to do the test verbally. This was introduced to me from uh, James Wedmore, who runs a podcast called Mind Your Business. And I really liked this aspect of it because a, a test, you know, you, you're limited to the questions inside the test, whereas Myers-Briggs is a really unique, the way they've set it up, that by asking questions and actually having a dialogue about it, we can get a more accurate response. Result, response. And because uh, the other thing we do with these tests is we often pick what we would like to be rather than what we are, what we actually are. <laughs> so, so by actually talking about it, we tend to get to get to the root. Okay, so let's start off. So the first one I had was Strengths Finder. This was first introduced to me by Scott Dinsmore of Live Your Legend, and this was one of the things he recommended for sort of working out who you are. Okay. It's a book you can buy. It's quite a small book, and you pretty much buy the book for the code to go to the test. So you can also just go to the website and do the test. I think it used to be about fifteen dollars, and so I did this about. It's one of the first ones we did, probably like five or six years ago. Okay. And we just looked up my results again. And I felt like they were, they were pretty on point still for where I am now. Yeah, cool. Um, the five I got were command, which means that I am good in like a leadership result sort of role and telling other people what to do. So, that was, that's and number one. And taking control. So, that was my number one okay. thing. So, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I should be running my own business. That's, <laughs> that's a really useful trait to have for that. My second one was restoration, which means that I like fixing problems. I like identifying and fixing problems. So, that was also one which was like, oh, good business. I like yes. fixing problems for other people. Third one was analytical, which doesn't mean that I love spreadsheets. What it does mean is it means that I like looking at data to sort of connect dots. Yeah, I like using data to be able to like create solutions. So, it ties back into the restoration nicely. Yep. And it probably explains why for so long I really liked a lot of maths and sciences and things like that that were solving problems a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the fourth one was relater, which means I'm good at understanding how other people feel, which I feel like in a lot of viral uh, friendships and relationships, I usually am like the pacifier. Okay. I like yeah. to think I'm the person... So, you, if you think of like old spy movies or what's uh, what's the one, um, The Sum of All Fears, which is okay. based on, I think, a Clancy book. Um, there's like these two spies. There's one guy like the CIA and one guy like the Russian spy. And they like, they chat to each other, even though the war, it's like a Cold War situation. <laughs> and they're like about to start like firing nukes at each other. These two guys are like sharing information about each other on the back end because they're being honest with each other. Whereas, like, on the front, they're just being, they're both trying to show power and aggression. Yep. So, I find that tends to be, like, my, I tend to be that kind of person in relationships. So, embracing that and seeing that as, like, a real quality that I can still try and talk to someone in a heated situation or in conflict. It's a very good one. Be also good in business as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last one I got was ideation, which means that I like generating ideas. So, that... Explains a lot as well. <laughs> that probably explains why you run a, a, a website called Bootcamp Ideas. Yeah. <laughs> funny that. I know. So it's funny how that all came together. Yeah. Uh, so I have to get you to do it as well. It takes a little bit, so we didn't get time to do it before today's session. 
but we'll we should include yours in the yeah, show notes. Definitely. Yep. Uh-huh. We could do that. We'll yeah. see. Uh, we, then we can sort of compare. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to line them up with the Myers Briggs test, which is a very different sort of avenue. Yep. Myers Briggs is just like eight different qualities you can have for sixteen different personalities, whereas I think there's like forty five different strengths you can have with Strengths Finder. So it can be interesting to see how different groups have categorized different things. Yeah. Well. Always, uh, always looking to improve. So, yeah, definitely, uh, I'll definitely give that a go. Okay, yeah, that's one I recommend for those listening. That you, yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Good All right. So put that. That'll be number one on our list. Number two. The second one I wanted to talk about was the habit tendencies. So Gretchen Rubin, she's probably most famous for. She wrote a book called I hope I don't get it wrong, The Happiness Project where she did sort of this experiment on trying to find out how to be happier. Okay. And then she's since done another one called uh, Better Than Before, which she looked at habits and how different people build habits. And what she found is that there's sort of four different ways in which we build habits. And what's really interesting about these is that what works for one group of people can actually be detrimental to another group of people. Mm, All right. So if if you're running a business and you're running habits for all your different, you know, clients, you like, maybe it's the way you learn habits. So you decide to teach everyone else that as well. Um, You might be teaching your clients in a way that that's actually (laughs) like the opposite of working for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can be good to be able to try and identify what other people are. And it's good to know what you are as well because we just recently did an episode on time management yep. yep, and a large part of that can be like building habits can be really useful for time management. So, so I know you, you just did the test, but I thought I might go through, yeah, go through the, four, what the different four types. And, uh, yeah, we're actually the same for this one. So, yes. and by hearing about the Myers Briggs test, I don't think we'll be, that's a little bit more in depth, isn't it? So this one's a little bit different with just four categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the four types are upholder, questioner, rebel, or obligers. So, upholders look for, they respond well to outside expectations and accountability, and they also respond well to their own, uh, keeping themselves accountable. They love sending writing and checking off to-do lists. They are not comfortable around people breaking rules or breaking the, like they love their sticklers for sticking to like this is how everything's been set this is what is going on because they respond well to outside expectation they also feel really bad when they like let someone down when they feel like they didn't uphold something that they said they were going to do they find it very easy to make new habits because basically if they put it in their calendar or if they create a, a system for it like it's going to get done yep. like and they, they will just stick to it so if you're a trainer who's an upholder, you're going to find it very hard to be empathetic with your clients because you're going to be like, just stop eating the bad food or just come tra- – <laughs> why is it so hard for you to come train three days a week? Like, you'd, it's going to absolutely baffle you why your clients struggle so much. Okay. So, it can be really good to be aware of that so that you can, like, take a step back and realize some people are actually different in the way they create habits. Very so, good. So, good, yeah. good one to check up on. The second one was a questioner. Which is what you, you got, right? And you as well. And, I, and I, I'm a questioner as well. So, questioners respond really well to their own expectations. They can have expectations of themselves that they uphold, but they don't do so well with external expectations put upon them. So, for me, 
as I'm a questioner, one example I know, like if I go and put something on Facebook, then I'm going to do something. I might be like, now I'm going to do like, I'm going to write for 30 minutes a day for the next three days. If I put that on Facebook, I will not do that at all. <laughs> like that does not, and I used to always get so confused. Questioners are one of the smaller groups. And I used to always get so confused about why other people would always talk about finding like outside accountability. And I, I never understand why that didn't work for me. Like it actually worked opposite for me. As soon as I got external accountability, it's like I wanted to break that commitment as quickly as possible. Okay. Which doesn't mean that there aren't some people in my life that I do like keeping my promises to. Yeah. Yeah. So, questioners, what they'll do is, is what's really important to them is that they're researched, they've questioned what they're doing. So, you know, for me, I never had trouble keeping an exercise habit consistently, even if I wasn't at the top level, because I'd spent years studying exercise and knew how important it was. It was just part of my life. It wasn't a struggle to try and do that. But to a client... That has to had that training. Exactly. That's why, yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, we'll get into what types your clients probably are in a second. But yeah, exactly. They'll be on that opposite sort of spectrum. So yeah, for me, it was hard sometimes to find that empathy as a questioner as well. Other people will, if you're a questioner, sometimes people will get frustrated by like how many questions you ask. Like yeah. that you won't just accept something and do it. You're like, but why, but why, but why, yeah. but why, but why? And it's not that you're being... And a bastard, it's just like, those are the sort of steps that you need to go through because you know in yourself that that's what you need to do before you're going to commit to something. Uh, what have we got? Some other ones here. Questioners will often seek out experts and that's who they prefer to listen to. So, questions can be particularly frustrating probably with spouses because they were, <laughs> unless they consider their spouse to be an expert in something, you know, they're probably the classic person you're like has to go to the doctor to tell them to eat healthy before they start eating healthy. <laughs> yeah, and we can form habits quite quickly if we've done that research, like if it makes sense to us and it, it aligns with what our aim is to get things done. So, like, question is, I think they're also good as business people because they can set goals for themselves quite easily. Yeah, and they get that done. They're pretty they, driven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. but if someone else says, you should just go do this, you won't. we're going to have a lot of resistance towards that. Correct. So, on the flip side of that is the obliger. So, obligers are not good at holding themselves accountable. They're not good at external expectations, yep. but they respond really well to external expectations. Okay. And I think for a lot of us, that's probably what our clients are because yes. that's why they're coming to see us. Like I, being a questioner, would just take myself to the gym and work out. In fact, working in a group, I would work less hard than I work by myself because I, I'm like, why am I doing this exercise? Like, what's next? Like, <laughs> I needed all this information that, that I wasn't going to get in a group. Like, why have you planned it this way? Um, so, yeah, obligers, uh, sometimes they call people pleasers because they like, yeah, they're so driven by external expectations. Um what obligers need is they do need some sort of external. So for them, posting on Facebook that they're going to do something for the next three days, they need they might to do hold that. me accountable. That fact that they've posted on Facebook, they'll be like, yeah, they'll stick in their mind and that they'll keep yeah. doing that. Yeah. But if they were to research about, say, the advantages of, you know, of like writing every day, they'd be like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. But then the next day would roll around. They'd be like, oh, I didn't, didn't really I didn't know do if this. I want to do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. 
you might be an obliger if you've given up on making New Year's resolutions as well because you never keep them. Yes. <laughs> so maybe early on you made a lot of New Year's resolutions. And every, something that can happen every once in a while you can snap because people are expecting you're holding upholding everyone else's expectations around you rather than your own. You can snap and go through this like little rebellion where you don't uphold people's expectations around you. So you can actually, but you'll always go back. You'll eventually, always, yeah. yeah, you'll do it for a while and then you'll go back. Sometimes you feel really burned out because you're spending so much time because you find it hard. You know, we talked about also in the time on like taking time for yourself. Yeah. That's very much an external expectation. No one's, people are really going to come up to you and be like, you must take time for yourself. <laughs> it doesn't really, happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's something that has to come from you. And as an obliger who's like, yes, 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 yes to everyone around them and then doing a, an amazing job at holding up to those people, it's easy for you to get burnt out. Yep, I can say so that. So, if you're an obliger and you're running your boot camp and your business, you need to make sure that you've got systems in place where you do have a spouse or a friend or someone who is holding you accountable to your you time, to making sure that you're taking that time out to yourself. Important. Mm-hmm. And in that way... As an obliger, it can be really easy to set new habits because you just set up an external accountability. Yep. And it's actually the easiest one to set up. Whereas a questioner has to like go and all this freaking research <laughs> and like understand. And then if they disagree with it, they're not going to do it because <laughs> they, they disagree with it. Yeah. yeah so, uh, it can be a really good one. And the fourth one is called the rebel. So, this is actually the one Zoe is. Yep. And when we realized this, it just made so many things click for us. So, the rebel does not respond well also to internal expectations. So, expectations they place upon themselves. And they also do not respond well to external expectations. <laughs> so, they're like double-edged sword there. So, rebels are really like, they then become very much like in the spirit of the moment type people. Okay. They're not ones for like... They would never be like, I'm going to get fit, so I'm going to run three times a week. They would never do that. They'd be like, why, why would I do that? Like, yeah. why would I set that expectation on myself? Like, <laughs> I don't need to do that. Uh-huh. They resist habits. So, in terms of building habits, it's not a great thing for them to do. They do respond very well to people telling them they can't do something. They So, if, you're, if that's resonating with you, if you're like when someone tells you you can't do this, and then you're like, oh, I'll show you. And you <laughs> And that's actually the secret for rebels in getting things done is often one of the best ways to motivate a rebel is to point out that by doing something, they'll be different from everyone else because rebels hate the idea of being the same as everyone else. (laughs) So, by pointing out to them, well, okay, you could just be like everyone else who doesn't, who says they're going to exercise and doesn't exercise. That will motivate a rebel. They'll be like, screw you. Cool. (laughs) So, like with my wife, this explains so much because... Yeah, like motivating her by like, you know, because I'm a questioner. So, I want like all the facts and figures on why I should do something. And for my wife, she doesn't care about that. Like she's not going to do something just because a bunch of facts and figures tell her to do something. Like she's going to do something because she enjoys it because she wants to do it. Or as we've now discovered because no one else is doing it. (laughs) So, she loves to be unique in in her own way. What else is Rebels? Yeah, so like for rebels, the idea of like people are counting on them, or uh, what if it, what's going here? You've already paid for it, or you said you'd do it, or it's it's rude for you not to do it. That won't work on them. And interestingly enough, they often end up in institutions like the military, like the police, like the clergy, 
because they can get into positions where they're kind of above the rules. Okay. You know, they are the law. They're the law. Yeah. <laughs> so they love telling everyone else what to do, but they hate being told what to do. There you go. Yeah. So that's the four different types. Cool. So we'll include a link to, you know, if Gretchen Rubin's got a test you can do. Mm. And that, that was only, I think it was only about eight or nine questions. Yeah. Yeah. It so took like was, a few minutes. Yeah. Very simple uh-huh. one to do that. Yeah, it could be very beneficial like it was for you and Zoe in your relationship. Uh-huh. But also it could have that flow and effect for certain clients as well. Yeah, you'll yeah. Be able, to, be able to pick up and it might just hit true why they're uh-huh. why the way they are. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. because if you have a whole bunch of, say, like business owners in your group, you might find that, that they're all questioners. And so you're trying to motivate them with a Facebook group and stuff like that. Whereas what they actually need is facts and figures and information about why they should be doing it. Yeah. And then the opposite is true. If you've got a group full of obligers telling them that they need exercise because they're going to, it reduces their risk of heart disease. It's not going to motivate them at all. You need to make them accountable. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you be like, okay, at the start of every month, you're going to tell us what your goal is in our Facebook group then, or in front of the whole group at bootcamp. And then they know that in a week's time, you're going to be asking everyone to check in that's going to be very motivational for them. Good. But for a questioner, that would be not motivational at all. No. Or a rebel. But chances are you're probably not going to have a lot of rebels at your classes because they don't want to do anything yeah. <laughs> like repetitively. They don't so. want to be in a group with yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I feel like maybe in like yoga, you'd end up with some good rebels because it's um, kind of balances them out nicely. But that's just guessing. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, the third type which we're going to spend a little bit more time on this one is called the Myers-Briggs and there's a B or there's a T and an I and I can't remember what that stands for, but it's, it's a test. I just heard recently how this test came about. So it started in World War One or World War Two in the UK or Great Britain. And it was because the war was on. So all the men had left to go fight in the war, which meant all the jobs that still had to be done were being done by women who had traditionally in that time been at home. So being very intelligent women, they decided that they would create some sort of like test to find out. So they could assign job space, not just on talent, but also Uh. what you enjoyed doing as well. So that you would be doing the job that Mm. was best suited your personality. Very smart, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like crazy smart. I think it really felt they need more credit for this. Um, so, a lot of workplaces will do this. Corporate workplaces will do this test because it helps them sort of match up different stuff with each other, different teams, like see our teams can work better together. For us in our business, it's really useful because it tells us what things we need to outsource, like what are our problem areas, what like the areas that we probably get really bogged down in. And... Yeah, like Strengths Finder, it also tells us what our strengths are. So maybe in like giving us some guidance on what services we should be offering and what ones. It can be really easy to just to copy what everyone else is doing out there in terms of services, but that might not fit your personality, which means by you copying that, you're going to really struggle. Yeah. Um, so again, this is about aligning our business with us so that our business becomes more effortless. Gotcha. Okay. I think you said you had done it, but it's been a while ago. Yeah, I've done it. It was a long time ago, though. I wouldn't have a... I know you get four letters. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of questions. <laughs> That's all I can remember about it. Yeah, typically the test is a lot of questions. Today, <clears throat> we're going to go through how you feel. So, yeah, there's four letters, and for each one of them, you can be 
there's two options for each letter that'll give you a four letter, which gives us 16 different personality types. Cool. So the first one, we'll start off. So you guys, if you're listening to this, do this one. You can do this one. If you're listening in the car, pause this and then wait till you get home and or come back to this. Do this test along with us and find out what you feel like you are. So the first letter, I'm just going to look at my notes here. The first letter is where, the, it's where you get your energy from. So you could be an I, which means introvert, or you could be an E, which means extrovert. Now right. with these, now with with all these, don't focus too much on the word because okay. it's just the word that they chose at the time. Uh, we'll focus. We'll go through some of the characteristics, and then you can decide from that what you think. Okay, uh, so I shouldn't be just you are. thinking. Yeah, don't just look at the word and be like, oh, okay. "I'm more this one." Well, that's what I just did. So yeah. I'll try. I'll try and clear my mind. So I'm not doing. No, that's that. right. <laughs> So, basically, extroverts tend to be people who get their energy from being around people. So, they go out to get energy from being, and they come back from being around people energized. They like big groups because they get a huge amount of energy from that. They like meeting new people in group settings, whereas introverts tend to be much better. uh, They get their energy when they have their alone times, when they have a bath, when they have a quiet walk by themselves when they can have that introspection and process everything that's going on for them. They don't mind other people, but they like one-on-one settings or small groups where they know the people. They're not huge on meeting like lots of new people in a big group setting. And if they do that for a while, that depletes their energy. So they then need that quiet time again. Okay. Whereas an extrovert, if he spends or she spends too much time by themselves, that depletes their energy. They're going to want to get out and be around people again. So extroverts are more common. This thing says three to one. I thought it was more like two thirds of the population as introverts, uh, extroverts, sorry. Um, so introverts can therefore feel like kind of the odd ones out because they feel like pressured to, that they should be around people or that they should be going and making more friends, which friends is a good one. So an introvert will have like one close really friend good, yeah. or two, clo- two people they call close friends. An extrovert, like, will have, like, about 100 people they call friends who not necessarily the other person would call them that, but they'll be like, oh, yeah, my friend this, my friend that, my friend that. <laughs> oh, my good friend this, my good friend this, my good friend yeah. that. So, that, that's how they see the world. They see the world like that. So, you could be an introvert and have someone refer to you as a good friend when you feel like you're probably on the acquaintances with them. Like, okay. you can be that if you're the extrovert and you're the introvert. Introverts like to think first, then speak. Extroverts like to speak first, then think, Okay. What else have we got here? Yeah, so extroverts also find like listening a real challenge and they like to talk because they like to be getting like constant feedback from other people. So often the person who's making the jokes or things like that. So is one of them resonating with you more so far? <laughs> I'm a very big extrovert. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some of the things I'm a little bit introverted with, like I, I don't mind my own time and things like that, mm-hmm. but I have to be busy. Mm-hmm. I can't just sit there and relax. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I'm by myself, I need to be doing something. So I'm a really big extrovert. That's cool. That's good. For you, you knew. I knew that straight away. <laughs> I struggled a little bit. I, I lent more towards I with this one as an introvert, which yep. is what... So, my four letters ended up being I and uh, FJ, which is called the advocate. So, they tend to be like 
it's a very small percentage of people. And like Oprah Winfrey is apparently an INFJ. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but it's it's like we tend to find a cause or find something we believe in and we work towards that. And we can talk a little bit. I'll talk a little bit more about mine at the end and then okay. people can look up their own as well. So, you're going on E. So, yeah. If Definitely you, E. If you're in the middle with this one, keep coming, come back to that question of where do you get your energy from? Because it's possible that if you're an introvert but say you've had jobs as like a salesperson or you have jobs as a trainer where you're around people a lot, you can learn extroverted skills. Yep, that will help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The other thing to do is go back to how were you in high school? How were you in elementary or primary school in those early days before we developed those skills? Which area did you gravitate towards? I. So, that's your first letter. So, you want to write down now on a piece of paper, you want to write down your first letter and we're going to get our four. So, the second one is all about how we see the world and how we take in our information. So, like what things in the world do we look at to gather data that we then can use to make decisions. Okay. So, there's two types. You're an S or an N. So, N is uh, intuition because I is already taken by introverts. So, we use N. And S is sensing. Okay. So, big difference between these guys. Sensors like really specific questions and really specific answers. They're very detail-oriented. Okay, so they find the little things. They prefer to do things that yield tangible results. So, a sensing trainer probably does regular fitness tests, skinfold tests, like all this stuff with their clients because they love tracking that with okay. their clients that's and that's how they know they're getting results so yeah they love tasks where it's like on the other stream like someone who works in a factory probably also a sensor because they really like it's a repetitive task they like being able to see that they're getting the same result over and over again intuitives or if you're intuition you uh, can get really bogged down in the details so you don't like having yeah too many like step-by-step processes or things like that like that will really fatigue you if you spend a day working in the details at the end of the day you'll feel just drained okay intuitives love looking at the future and they love looking at the big picture they're like big ideas people so a lot of entrepreneurs intuitives because it gives them that ability to come up with ideas to be able to look at the world around them versus sensing which they no, it was not incorrect, but they tend to follow the lead of someone else or they tend to create, they want to systemize something and follow that system. Intuitive people are also very, so if you're an N, you also tend to read between the lines. You're good at connecting dots. Um, so I'm an N, which like on the last test I was analytical, which actually combos in with this because that's my ability to be able to bring different things together. So I'm trying to think of... I mean, like, with even how boot camp ideas came to be. So, I had this skill. I'd been mucking around with websites for a while, for about nine months before I started that. And then I also noticed that I couldn't find any workout ideas online. So, I was able to combine the two things and, and create a website. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, intuitives will also tend to trust, like, feelings that they get. Like, it's so like an impression maybe that they get from someone rather than like the facts about who the person is. 
like the vibe that they get from the person, symbols and metaphors, they really like that. And sometimes, uh, really, if you're a big N, you will sometimes struggle to be in reality because you're so like focused on your ideas and you're so in your, in, in your head and in your imagination. And some senses, on the other hand, can be the opposite. Sometimes they're so like in the facts, in like what happened, like this is what happened that they can get stuck and they can't see new possibilities. Cool. So, did one of them resonate more? I'm a big N. You're a big N. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep, definitely. I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I just like getting things done and yeah, I don't need to always read into things. I like to just get things done and learn from my mistakes or uh-huh. sort of feel my way out instead of planning things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to, yeah, be creative and yeah, try things. So, that's not normally scripted or yeah. Yeah, I sort of go with it. If I've got an idea, I'll make it happen and it might be good, it might not. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think that's how I, I work best. Yeah, I feel like creativity is a good thing to attach to N. Yeah. If you feel like that is an area you naturally go to. And it's funny for me because I feel like after, during high school and then into my years at university, I actually was more of an S. Okay. But it, I think it was a lot of skills that I learned because I was doing these sort of very rigid subjects you know i learned how to repeat things again and again i learned how to create systems so that i could do something over and over again but i was miserable at university <laughs> like, you didn't so, like it yeah exactly yeah. so i have to look at that as well like so while i've learned these skills and they've been really useful in my business as in my business i start moving more and more towards my strengths and either stopping doing any other stuff or, or looking at getting more and more people to come in i'm realizing i'm like a massive n and <laughs> if i look back to like what classes I liked doing in school you know I loved creative writing like I loved all these like sort of less tent like and fantasy you know like I've already if I read a reading a book it'll be a probably more likely a fictional book than like a non-fiction business book okay um I read the non-fiction business books because they're useful but I prefer to like you know at night when I'm having like my fun reading time that's when I'll be reading about well at the moment I'm reading a book called Oh, I can't. It's a cinema series called The Gentleman Bastards. The first one's called The Lies of Locke Lamora. And it's like Ocean's Eleven in the Renaissance sort okay. of era. So it's like cool. these old school, like, but that, yeah, like that's the kind of stuff. Sounds <laughs> like yeah, good. That I like. Okay, so that's two letters. So we've got yep. E and for you so far. Correct. Okay, so the next one is you're either an F or a J. F is feeler. Again, don't pay too much attention to the words and, uh, sorry, F or T, feeler and T is thinker. So, this is how we just talked about how we get, take in data. This is how then we actually make decisions. Okay. So, feelers do like to feel their way to a decision. So, I guess in that way. So, they take other people's feelings around them into account when they're making decisions. They don't like disappointing other people. They don't want to hurts someone's feelings whereas a thinker is very rational so a thinker is like the thinker will look at the facts and then that's how they'll make their decisions okay okay um so a thinker will be I'm trying to think of some more examples yeah i've got some more here so yeah thinkers that uh, they can could because they like logic so much they tend to go to the more technical scientific fields and feelers tend to go more towards like working with people and things like that. 
So a nurse might be a feeler because they're really ability to feel about how she feels about her patients or his patients determines like the fact, like we used to live with a nurse and some of the stuff she used to do, I would listen to that and I'd be like, I don't think I could do that. But for her, <laughs> like she was such an F that she like any discomfort she had was overcome by the fact that she cared about the patient and she okay. cared about what they were going through and they were an awkward and she felt sorry for them and there was empathy there. Whereas a thinker, you know, would be much better as a doctor where it's like this thing, you know, I might have to cut this person's arm off, which they're going to be probably really pissed at me about, but it's going to keep them alive. And they'll be able to make that decision like that. Whereas if you're a feeler, you probably be back and forth a bit of how like, yeah. So, so that can be a good way of looking at roles. Typically, um, and I think this is mostly just the way we're raised males, like thinking can be more of like a masculine kind of thing. So men tend to at least portray more of a thinker type personality and women, because I think also upbringing again, they tend to show more of a feeler and take in feelings more. So feeler F like compassionate, being tactful to avoid people's feelings, uh, looking for what people are feeling to get an idea of how you should show up. Thinkers, you want everything to be fair. Uh, you like rules and logical explanations. And you believe that telling the truth is more important than, say, looking after someone's feelings. So, you are you feeling in one particular... I'm probably, yeah, probably a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd uh, lean towards that. I do care about people's feelings and things yep. like that, but I'll make a decision and I'll just normally go with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there is a twist with this one. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I was going to say, because there's a little bit from each one. I'm like, oh, I've yeah. got a little bit of that, but probably if I had to pick one, it would be a T. I felt really in the middle with this one. Mm. And so what I was told was a good kicker for this one. Because men tend to be more T and women tend to be more F, if you're a man who's sort of in the middle, then you're probably an F. You're probably a feeler. Okay. Because you have those thinking tendencies from being a guy and just like growing up and being influenced as a male. And on the other side, for women, uh, because they grow up and they tend to have those F tendencies, if they're feeling in the middle between F and T, they're probably a T. Ah, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, I feel like I was in the middle and then I got that kicker and I was like, okay, well, I'm actually, compared to most of the men I know, I am actually an F. Okay. I'll go for F too then. I like that. Yeah. I was was in the middle. So... Uh Yep. I feel like as trainers, like a lot of us, are, depending on the type of trainer we are, I feel like as group fitness trainers, probably a lot of us are F because we want to reach a lot of people. Yep. And we, I know from like our Facebook group, like we all have a lot of trouble with conflict because we're really worried about hurting our clients' feelings by yeah. like talking to a client is disruptive or something like that. Whereas I can imagine in trainers, like a T would be like a master trainer, like someone who's just like, honed their craft and they're like this is how exercise goes like this is how i do it and they really like and they probably have a lot of systems involved in how they train people as well yep yeah okay so we've got three letters for you now so you're an e and f e and f so far nice okay so the last one you can be a t or a j so t stands sorry i've got my letters all mixed up you can be a p or a j so this is how we deal with the outside world okay so now we've made the decision so now this is how we actually 
put them in place yeah. outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, P stands for a perceiver or perceiving, and J stands for judger or judging. Being a judge, J doesn't mean you're super judgmental of people. Okay. <laughs> so, so again, come away from the words. Perceivers are very creative and spontaneous. So, we talked about Zoe earlier. So, I have just my music as an example, but my wife Zoe, she's a P. Like, so that, which kind of ties into her, like, makes sense that she's a rebel link because she's very much like spontaneous, likes to go with the flow, likes lots of days, little appointments, likes to just do things as they come up. P's tend to be more laid back because of that and whereas on the flip side j's are very much like the very deadline oriented they will set deadlines and they'll meet them uh p's can set deadlines but often they struggle to meet them uh j's will be another thing that was good is j's are like everyone they experience time as very linear so they're like you know i get up at six and now i've got 16 hours of the day before i go to bed uh, everyone has a, that same time. Like you can get stuff done. The kind of people who'd say to their clients, you've got 168 hours in the week. You can fit in, you know, four hours of exercise because yeah. for them, time is very, it's very linear. Whereas a J, it's just like, um, we talked earlier about being late. Oh, sorry, a P. Yeah, because J's, J's on time. J's on time. Yeah, cool. P's, P's are the time people, they experience time in abundance. They just feel like they have all the time in the world. Go so, yeah, the flow. Often, often, yeah, they're the yeah. people who are rocking in like an hour late to the thing because they just, they just mis- misread the time. Um, J's are very planned then so that they can, so that when they have a deadline, they'll work their way up to it. P's are more like the last night study, you know, they work in the big thing. Yeah, they're like the study the night before the test or night before the deadline. P's like to approach work as play or mix work and play. So if you play a lot of games in your boot camp, you might be leaning more towards that side. Like I said, they tend to be more laid back. So like hair, you can look at their hair. P males will often have longer sort of unkempt hair. Um, and yeah, P females, uh, one thing I heard, they often wear like loose flowy clothing. They like that kind okay. of stuff. J's on the other hand are like very rigid so they'll be the the guy with like the you know he'll have a beard but it'll be like trimmed and all like perfect like all the time like design a beard uh huh and if women they'll look very well dressed J's also like lists and they can be very task orientated whereas P's are very much like they might just have like a few things in their head they want to get done today but they've got no real idea of like so I'm a J so like when I plan my day I am like okay I've got these five things I need to do today I know roughly like what time I'm starting and finishing every single thing that day Zoe gets up she's got stuff she needs to do today she just does them she doesn't have any any plan she'll have lunch when she has lunch like I'm like okay if I do all this I can have lunch at 12 30 Zoe will just like she'll just approach the day and just go through it so it's a really good balance because she brings me back from being that like strict yeah, yeah. rigid Yep. And I get us to events on time. <laughs> <laughs> Compliment each other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it works really well. So, did one of those resonate yeah. more for you? I'm a, I'm a J. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think we spoke about this in the previous episodes, but time and organization are very important to me. Uh-huh. So, I find, yeah, that uh, 
my days are very structured with when I'm doing certain tasks or uh-huh. when I'm working or, yeah, I find that, yeah, I'm pretty organized in that area. Mm-hmm. Mm. Always on time too. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a big one. I, I'm always yeah. on time. Yeah, good. I would agree with that from what I know about you as well. So, what you can do now is you can just Google your four letters, which I've just done for you. I'm already ahead of it. Jeez, you're uh, on the but ball. you can just you can just Google it. So when you're listening to this and you're done and you, you'll find like multiple websites, Google will recognize that you're that you're searching for that, and they'll return to you a bunch of celebrities that you like, and they'll return to you the Wikipedia page, like description, so you can read a little thing, and also some pages on um, so that you can then read through those. So one that always comes up is called 16personalities.com, and I found that it's got a free and a paid report but their free report is really in depth and can give you a lot of insights into business and relationships and just how you work best cool so you are enfj very similar to me um and this is this personality type is called the protagonist so you're a natural born leader full of passion and charisma you form around two percent of the population and oftentimes politicians coaches or teachers reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and do good in the world. With a natural confidence that begets influence, ENFJs take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves in the community. Uh-huh. That sounds pretty spot on. Wise freaks, well done. Yeah. So mine was, I. we just had one letter different, INFJ. So, this, yeah, this is like very rare. I think it's the rarest or the second rarest. Uh, personality type less than one percent of the population we are natural born diplomats that's which you are as well which is what the nf trait is okay so we're good at communicating with other people and having like a good view of like a big picture and like a forward future goal and we are not just idle dreamers though because that sort of comes from like the eye being like introvert okay like in sort of in your own space and then the end like you know for thinking big pictures and then the f you know you're very feeling so you're worried about going out in the world and getting like hurt and stuff like that so for, like for me with the f i really noticed that with like emails if i get like a negative email or someone from someone that like cuts me so deep it does um, like you know i'm looking forward to the day when i have an assistant who like that all goes through <laughs> It doesn't happen very often. It happens like maybe once every six months I get an email. And it might, like some of them I go back and read later and they're not even, it's just the way I've perceived them. At, at the time when I've read it. Yeah, because yep. I have that F trait. Uh, so, but because I'm my J trait, which means I'm good at setting deadlines, it means that I can take those dreams and I can turn them into reality to make a positive impact. Uh, so, with my type, we tend to see helping others as the purpose in life then their real passion is to get to the heart of the issue so people need not be rescued at all. So we don't tend to end up as nurses. We'll instead be like, how can we cure this ailment that people are working on in the first place? Okay. Yeah. And I was thinking if yours had a little thing like that, but it doesn't. And a famous ENFJ, so your type was Martin Luther King. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, big. I have a dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here we go. So here's another thing, a little short one for you. ENFJs are genuine, caring people who talk the talk and walk the walk. 
and nothing makes them happier than leading the charge, uniting and motivating their team with infectious enthusiasm. Well, that's definitely like one of the things <laughs> that when we met, like you were very enthusiastic about and that was very, for me, like that got me excited. And even then starting the podcast, you've been like really enthusiastic about getting it going and, and that's been really good because then that's helped bring my enthusiasm up as well. But yeah, oh, that's, that's good to know. And I suppose... Uh like I, I was just sitting there listening to that and that was very much spot on. Now, yeah. I know they, they write these in a way sometimes that they think, like people think, oh, geez, that's me for everything. Yeah. But that is pretty spot on. And I think, yeah, I haven't done the first of Rubens one before. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think for the amount of time, particularly those two, they're free to do. Yeah, yeah. And if you go back and listen to Kyle read those out again, those are a lot better than the two one or two times i've done it before which was online and you have to answer i think it's a hundred and something questions <laughs> yeah. and i got a little bit sick of it <laughs> yeah yeah and then you're like i'm not even reading that i'm just <laughs> clicking it and i think that comes through in my uh in my type a little bit but just doing it that way and going through and noting it down uh-huh. i think it's it's a good way to do it and you can really sort of ponder and reflect on yourself mm-hmm. so yeah i can i think that's a really good thing to do i haven't done it for a while as i said yeah but, uh, yeah, and I liked the way you did that. Thought, uh, thought that was really good. So, was there anything from learning that, from looking over the I mean, I guess you, you want to read some more about it. But yeah. was there anything that you were like, oh, maybe I should stop doing this thing that I'm doing or maybe I should change this thing or do you feel like you're pretty in alignment with that? No, as I said in previous episodes, I think over the last six months I've changed a lot of things that, I probably needed to. I was very controlling and there were certain things I just needed to do everything. Yeah. Whereas now, like, I've let go of a lot of things. That's your J trait. Yeah, and I think <laughs> and I think that, but there was other traits coming through that uh-huh. I'd just do things and I wouldn't worry about the consequences or how uh-huh. it would affect other people. Uh-huh. So, I think I've taken that into more consideration now. I think I was very self-centered and I worried about myself mm-hmm. and what I was doing, but now I think I've relaxed a lot more and I care about people's feelings more and the repercussions of my decisions. Yeah. So, and I think, yeah, that's reflected in my business by being able to delegate and push other tasks away. And also the way that I deal with clients and things that are, if they're late or they've got yeah. an excuse or something like that, because I used to really struggle with that because like, I find it easy to be on time and yeah. I find it easy to be motivated and get up, be passionate. But that's been selfish again myself because – not everyone's the same. Uh-huh. So I think by yeah doing these tests or whatever you need to do, you can really see that you're different to other people mm-hmm. and that yeah, everyone's different. You've got to have – you can't just think everyone's going to be like you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if I had done that test six months ago, it would have been different. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's good. And you find yeah, the beauty, especially with the Myers-Briggs, because it's so polar with each step, you can – find people who are that other side of what you are. So, yeah. you know, if you're a good entrepreneur being an NF, like those help you understand what people want and create a vision for that. But then, yeah, you can get caught up in the day-to-day, get bogged down in like the details. Yeah. So that's when, yeah, like outsourcing the stuff you outsourced, that makes a lot of sense. And that also helps you if you're a trainer and you're hiring people to your team, once you learn like go listen to this podcast again or read up more on these different traits, 
you can actually like speed kind of speed read people you can yeah you can just look at them and you can pick you can be like just from getting to know them for five or ten minutes you can pick probably which ones they are and how then they can offset you in your business and fill in your blanks and i think that's a that's a big thing that we've been talking about as well how they can offset you how they can complement what you're already doing Mm -hmm. because i know people that have the opposite traits to me i want them in my business because then you're getting both sides yeah Whereas at the moment, and if you just want to keep going your own way, I'm sure you'll be uh-huh. successful, but uh-huh. you're only getting really half of it. Uh-huh. You know, like you're not getting that other side. Yeah. So I think it's a big scope. And I think there's a big message in a lot of episodes, but yeah, you've got to be open to other people's ideas and other people coming in, letting go, uh-huh. working with others. Because if you're not, your way, you might be just attracting, I might just be attracting a heap of ENFGs. Yeah, Jays, yeah. I mean, you know, because like, you probably really like other ENFJs. I do love them. Yeah, because oh, yeah, they're the like you. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, sweet, I'll hire you, and then it's like they're exactly like you, and yeah, uh, there's only two percent. Yeah. So then we like trying to attract those people to my business. I'm missing out on so many other people. Uh-huh. So when you think about it like that, you read people, find people that complement what you've already got, uh-huh. and that's how you build a team. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose you could, even when you listen through this, if there's a client or something that you may be struggling to connect with or something, you're probably able to figure out why on this test because you're probably a complete opposite in mm. a couple of the different areas. Mm-hmm. And that might just resonate with you that, you know, you are different and you need to maybe change the way you're talking to them or the way expectations you have on them. Yeah. Because it's not, if you keep going the way you are, you're just going to be disappointed. Yeah. And the relationship isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, awesome. that was uh, very. Thanks for narrating today, Cole. I feel <laughs> I feel like I your speaking quote is done for the day, mate. <laughs> I've still got a lot in reserve now. So I just sat there and listened. So, <laughs> thank you for that. Episode nine. That was uh, fantastic. So all these, uh, the notes, and we'll do a little mention of uh, our results again. But we'll also have links to the three different tests that we have done today. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I'll include a couple of other sort of popular ones if you want to go nuts. But yeah, definitely get that Myers Briggs one yeah. in. Um, work out what you are. And you can, yeah, you don't need to take a test for that. Just listen to the podcast. Yeah. Again. And that's, I was nervous because I was like, I don't want to do 120 questions again. <laughs> if you just go back and listen to Kyle's lovely, soothing voice, you can do it in a nice way. So I actually enjoy doing that. So thanks, yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Alrighty guys, thanks for listening. If you uh, really like our episode, you can uh, leave feedback and check out our show notes. Yeah, you can find the show notes to all our episodes at trainerstribe.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, And if you're feeling generous or you'd really like to let us know how you're feeling, you can go to iTunes and leave a really nice review for Kyle and myself. Yeah, or if you want to help us spread the word and get more trainers putting some of this awesome stuff into action helping to improve our industry uh, just email us onto someone else or forward it or tell them about the show we'd really appreciate it it's really helpful I've been uh, Dale Sidebottom I've been Kyle Wood 